Hi there, and welcome to Bravely Honest Podcast with Carrie and Megan. I am Megan. And I am Carrie. And we are happy to be back with you. Um, we're doing a four-part series on love, get it, give it, live it. And so if you found us, you're probably listening on either Apple Podcast or Spotify. Um, we can be found there under clcfamily.church, or you can listen to us directly online um, at our church's website, that's clcfamily.church slash bravely honest. Um, but one of our hopes and goals um, of this year is to really create a community of women where we can all share things um, bravely and honestly together and kind of build each other up um, with God's truth. And so um, you'll notice that we end every episode with God's honest truth, and we want you to join the conversation. So if you'd like uh, to do that, you can find us on Facebook at Bravely Honest at Instagram at bravely underscore honest. And if you ever have a question about something we've said that we haven't referenced anywhere else, um, you can shoot us an email at bravelyhonestpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to answer any questions that you have for us or hear your feedback. Um, so yeah. So welcome. And what are we doing? Oh, Carrie. Okay. So we're going to start off. First of all, you look really nice today, Carrie. Thank you. Carrie looks like, like really nice. She has a dress on with some tights and boots and her hair's all nice and I, I'm sitting here in a bun in a really floppy sweater. But Megan's sweater matches her drink. <laughs> it's kind of like oh my an God. olive mossy green and it looks like she's drinking pureed moss. What is it? Yeah. What is it? It is. Um, it's a protein shake. Okay. It's a cafe latte one. But I usually add spinach to them. They look like horrific. My mom can't drink anything that looks bad. I don't think I could. So I try to make either. her like a smoothie. And she's like, oh, that looks disgusting. I'm like, that well, one day that I decided it. I was going to be healthy, I went to the Christiana Mall and one of those things. The where juice they just, bar things? Yeah, the juice bar. And I spent $9 on this little, and it was like, I don't even know what it was, but I. I Weed germ. Well, I drank it and then I went to Chick-fil-A on the way out because it wasn't good. So, well, and in terms of this, sorry, I literally have worn jeans every day, probably for the last year. No, you haven't. Carrie, that's a lie. This is bravely honest. So my five-year-old, I, okay. Other weird thing that I do is I follow Instagram, like, people. Like fashion. Fashion. And then, sorry, Jeff, I, like, will buy their clothes. So they, basically, they, okay, so they have partnerships with companies, and then they get all this free stuff. And they wear it to get people to buy it. And then they, like, most of the stuff still has tags on it. But they sell it for really, really reasonably priced. Oh, so they get it. And then they wear, like, they get it for free. They wear it. And then you get to buy it. They post it. They try to sell it, you know. And they get probably some deal with them, you know, to get clothes and stuff. Huh. So then I have these, like, two girls that are my same size. And then they have separate accounts. So when they are done with something, they sell it. Like, I have oh, never so, heard of this before. Okay, well, we'll talk later. But, I've never heard of this. Um, okay. I actually, well, I do like to shop. <laughs> That's no secret. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm trying to be better. <laughs> so I'm like, well, if I save a little there... Yeah. That's good, right? Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, so I got this one dress um, a while ago, and it was beautiful. <laughs> I feel like it's I've, this, I've like, given her a total rabbit hole. Go ahead. It's in my closet. <laughs> I have not worn it yet. And I mean, I live in Cochranville, <laughs> so I don't know if I'll ever wear it, but it is this gorgeous gown. 
Wait, you bought a gown? It's a gown. <laughs> what made you, like, um, what, what made you think, so like... So Jeff and I used to go, to, there was, like, this black tie thing for his work event where we would meet, like, people like Bon Jovi and stuff. We don't do that anymore because he switched jobs. But I have oh. the gown if we ever <laughs> go. But anyway, it's this gorgeous sequin. <laughs> I'm getting to a point. It's this gorgeous, like, sequin, like, fitting gown. I don't know. And yeah. it's my size and it fits. I just haven't worn it. Anyway. Maybe you can wear it for carpool karaoke. <laughs> I will. Every time my daughter, Emmy, walks into my closet, she's like, oh, my gosh, Mom, it's a princess dress. You know, can you wear that someday? Yeah. Or just come into work and someday with yeah, it on, I think Gary. I'm going to drop her off at preschool in the dress and, <laughs> and you know. But anyway, long story short, so okay. she keeps asking me to wear a dress because she's, um, she's five. So this is what I came up with. It's, it's from Old cute. Navy. That's really cute. It was $15. All right. Well, that's cute. You Thank you. Nice. So do you. But um, anyway. All right. Well. Thanks see, see how love can be so misconstrued mm-hmm. in our culture because mm-hmm. we, we, we can totally, we're right there with you. I mean, we, um, we really want to provide you with biblical truth, but yeah, let us but be sometimes. honest with you in saying yeah. we fight against a lot in this world. We do. I've moved off my clothes obsession to facial products. So, you know, we're all in this together. <laughs> I think we need to swap because see this but under my eyes? I know. No, you're okay. fine. All right. So listen, but that, don't you feel like, I feel like this is. This is the reason why we started this podcast, mm-hmm. because we really do want to be able to have a place where we can celebrate being girls and women, and, and we love... And talk about our we problems like pretty things. shopping. Um, and we do have problems like shopping and skincare. However... But at least we can do it together. We do um, believe that the, the absolute truth in who we are and who we're meant to be does come from God's word. And, and I would so, just like to add hmm. that it really comes from good friendships, too, because... To have a friend that you can be real with, just about life, mm-hmm. but then a friend that will direct you back to God's truth is... Like I just said. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. But I, there's value Neither. in community and there's value, especially there really as a is. woman, to have other women really supporting is. you and rallying behind you and yeah. yes. Yeah. And that's what we hope for. That is what we hope for. And so with this episode, um, we're actually going to do two episodes on the give it part. And the first one is actually not to to other people or to your friends or whatever. Um, This part is going to be giving it back to God. Um, And so, Carrie, I'm going to ask you to read that big chunk of scripture that we kind of decided we should read probably every week just so you know kind of how we came up with. What inspired us to come up with talking so many weeks on just on love? Right. Yeah. And just as a side note, if you haven't listened to, I believe it's episode eight, which would be yeah. the first part of the series, yes. um, please do so. It might give a little context to kind of where we started. Right. We um, started with get it, which was, did I say this at the beginning? Get it, which is getting what love is about. Right. As is, like just the meaning of love. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that just kind of sets us up for what we're discussing today. But I'll be reading, um, again, the same scripture that we did in the last episode. It's First John 4, 7 to 21. And this time I will be reading from Megan's favorite, the CEV version. So starting in verse 7, it says, My dear friends, we must love each other. Love comes from God, and when we love each other, it shows that we have been given new life. We are now God's children, and we know him. God is love, and anyone who doesn't love others has never known him. God showed his love for us when he sent his only son into the world to give us life. Real love isn't our love for God, but his love for us. God sent his son to be the sacrifice by which our sins are forgiven. Verse 11. Dear friends, since God loved us this much, we must love each other. 
No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his truly, I'm sorry, his truly is truly in our hearts. God has given us his spirit. That is how we know that we are one with him, just as he is one with us. God sent his son to be the savior of the world. We saw his son and are now telling others about him. God stays one with everyone who openly says that Jesus is the son of God. That's how we stay one with God and are sure that God loves us. God is love. If we keep on loving others, we will stay one in our hearts with God and he will stay one with us. If we truly love others and live as Christ did in this world, we won't be worried about the day of judgment. A real love for others will chase those worries away. The thought of being punished is what makes us afraid. It shows that we have not really learned to love. We love because God first loved us. But if we say we love God and don't love each other, we are liars. We cannot see God. So how can we love God if we don't love the people we can see? The commandment that God has given us is love God and love each other. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to read that or do you want to? I'll read it. Okay. Okay. So um, just kind of jumping ahead to what our focus scripture will be today. Yeah. So, well, and what it ended with was love God and love each other. So we felt like before we can go into the love each other, we have to figure out what it means to love God. Right. Absolutely. So this one is from Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus replied, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Mm -hmm. And it's simple. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not simple. It's simply stated. <laughs> simply stated. It's simply very stated. complex. Yeah. Yes. With all your soul and all your mind. That's your whole being. Yeah. Yeah. And are that's. You, are you doing that? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying. I know. I'm really I know. trying. Um, and you know, what's interesting. So when I think of loving God, I mean, I think how we love God is we, is that we worship him and that, you know, we are offering him praises, um, despite any other circumstances. And uh, uh, one of the best things of, I, I, Tony Evans said, uh, the major benefit of worshiping God is when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. If we don't worship God on a regular basis, um, we won't sense his closeness and we won't know which way to turn when trouble comes. And so I think sometimes when you hear like the first commandment is love the Lord, your God with all your heart, your soul and your mind, your strength. And you're thinking it's all these things I have to do for Mm -hmm. God. Um, worship, worship is about God and for us. In other words, when we are, when we know about God, that benefits us. It's not about Mm -hmm. us and for God. Um, which I loved. Like when I read that, I was like, that's so true. Um, it is. And I, you know, I feel like again, earthly love, we feel like we have to earn it. So in a relationship, it's like, if I do these things, like this person will love me. In that sense, we're really the one benefiting it. Mm-hmm. Like we're growing closer to God in that relationship. Yeah. But we we can't strengthen that for him. He already has given that to us. So we're really benefiting ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And um, I'm going to read a couple other things that I pulled up just because I thought they were so good. Um, and I think sometimes <clears throat> you think of worship as... Well, I think when we say the word worship in the world, it can, it be, can be, um, maybe construed as being this like Christianese kind of thing. But, um, this is from Chip Ingram, 
Um, he's a teaching pastor of Living on the Edge. He actually did. Oh, I wish I could remember. I did a Bible study with him, and it was video, and he was. It was from several years ago, so he looked really funny on the video. But I'm telling you, this man. It was on anger. Um, something. How to tame the emotions that destroy. I can't remember, but it was. Oh. It was the most life applicable, truth speaking. Bible study. I think I've honestly ever done ever. We need to talk about that later. So we'll talk about that later. But he, um, wrote a little uh, blog on worship and he calls it the key to drawing near to God. And he says this, why is worshiping so important? Why is worshiping God so important? There is nothing difficult about worship, Christian or non-Christian, pagan or holy. Every human being is designed to worship or does worship something. Consider a group of sports fans watching and talking about a game. They worship. Consider a group of teenagers at a concert. They worship. We readily worship food, sports, arts, and music. We worship comfort, control, power, Mm -hmm. achievement, work, money, and relationships. But God calls us to worship him. He commands it. He desires it. He pursues it. He deserves it, and he will reward it. For God bestows his provision, grace, sovereignty, and power on those who worship him in spirit and in truth. But if you choose not to worship God, you need to understand that you are worshiping something else. Mm -hmm. And whether you worship a job, achievement, money, a person, or uh, you are doing so to, to your detriment, at some point, the object of your worship will fail to come through for you. So I want to read more of what he said, but let's pause there. Okay. Because there's a uh, boatload of stuff there. There's a lot there. I think one of the words that stuck out to me stuck out to me was reward. And I think mm. so often, like we know that we can't earn lo- earn God's love. Like it's already there. We just have to receive Him in order to get His love. So right. we can't we can't do more, um, you know, good acts or or whatever to to right. strengthen that. Right. Just like we can't do anything. There's no sin too great to lose that from mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. However, the reward, like it mentions rewards. I'm like, well, wait, it, yeah. it gives pause because well, wait, we can't, we can't strengthen that for him. Mm-hmm. But I like it because the reward is that we benefit from a closer bond with him. Right. Right. I think of that even yesterday with my daughter. Um, she takes a dance class that's near a Dunkin' Donuts. And every week she's like, can we, can oh, I know that something? Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. Um, and so she has lost her phone and for like 5,670 She physically time. lost it or it was taken? <clears throat> no, we took it from her. And um, <laughs> she's such a nicer human. Oh. And I, but I know it's a sacrifice for her. Like, I, I mean, I know, I get it. You know, she's a high schooler. She has lost connection now with people, but she really has been a nicer human being. That being said, I love her no matter what. I mean, some days it's really hard, but I love her no matter what. But last night, um, I picked her up. She didn't say anything about it. And so I just pulled into the drive through line and I rewarded her. And I said, listen, I know not having your phone is like, it sucks really for you. Yeah. However, you've, I just want to acknowledge the fact that I've really seen you, um, just listen to us more, respond to us in a better way. Like there's things that I was saying to you before and you were like, I'm not doing that. Right. Don't talk to me. No. Blah, blah, blah. And like now I hear you saying like, I hear you. Okay. Um, or, or like giving, or if you're not ready to do that, you're, you're speaking to me in a manner in which I can receive letting me know. And so 
I mean, that's just a small scale example, but I, I don't think she didn't know that there would be a reward in that. Like mm-hmm. she didn't, she didn't, there's no understanding that like, and we don't say like, Hey, the more you behave, the more we'll reward you. Like, right. no, there's, there's grace mixed in with that. But I think what we don't even get as adults that we forget is that when we are obedient to God, mm-hmm. there's a, that we will reap rewards from that. It's funny. I was just, I met with my little Bible study group yesterday and we were discussing Sabbath and what it is and what it should Mm -hmm. be. And just kind of working through those, like, what does it mean for you or for your family? And Mm -hmm. what does the Bible intend for it to be? And, and I was just thinking to myself, sometimes I, for me, the Sabbath, again, this is me putting my spin on it is Mm -hmm. just taking away distractions. Um, I'm not so caught on like a certain day or a certain time frame. It's just taking away the distractions to focus Mm -hmm. on God. And, you know, I know that your kind of point in your last example wasn't necessarily the phone, but I look at that phone and I look at my own kids and, you know, my husband and I often say, like, when we take their electronics away, I feel like behavior changes. And I feel like that's so true in life too. When we take away all the distractions, like you were talking about worshiping things and it's like, I'll use my Instagram. Like I Mm -hmm. scroll through Instagram at night and literally it's, it is, it's like an addiction. It is. Because I'm distracting myself. And I, you know, I was sharing with the same group that my heart, like when I am connecting, when I want so much to connect with one of my children, for example, mm-hmm. when I'm playing or, or just really trying hard to invest in them and, and just, just envelop myself in who they are and really appreciate them. My mind is just wired such that I'm a task oriented person. So while I'm trying so hard to just embrace them and Gosh, spend that time yes. with them without distraction. I'm just wired to, and they will tell you, you know, I'll be like, okay, I can give you 15 minutes and then I have to go switch the laundry. I ha- mm-hmm. My husband will probably tell you that mm-hmm. he'll, he'll say like, just sit down and like watch TV with me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I will. I just have to be doing something else. Like I have to just go wipe the counters down or, and it's, yeah. it's so sometimes even my sometimes. own thoughts will do that. Like I'll, I'll exactly. be sitting in the car, like speaking and, and I have to like physically exactly. think to myself, don't think about that right now. Don't think about that right now. Right. So I guess my point is it is, it takes work and it takes discipline to really pull away from those distractions. And I mean, I mentioned to you kind of moving forward this year, I really, really want to focus on intentional time with people. And I mean, that includes mm-hmm. God too, but stripping away those distractions. So, mm-hmm. because that, that is a form of worship. If mm-hmm. I'm, I don't really know if I'm actually cleaning my house. It's just these acts mm-hmm. of like wiping this down, throw mm-hmm. this down. Like, I don't know why it's, I think, I think a lot of us are that way. Like we feel successful when we complete those tasks, sure. but they are also distractions yeah. sometimes and they pull away from relationships. And in this case, it pulls away from our, um, just our bond with God. Yeah. So, and I think we mentioned in the last episode, like Satan doesn't need to destroy you. He just needs to distract you. And when he distracts you, he takes your eyes off Jesus. Um, and so I want to read the next part of this, which is what happens when we worship. Um, and he says, perhaps the best way to illustrate what happens when we worship is to look at the worship experience of one of God's prophets recorded in Isaiah six. So it says in the, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne high and exalted and the train of his robe filled the temple above him were seraphs, each with six wings with two wings. They covered their faces with two wings. They covered their feet and with two, they were flying and they were calling to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory at the sound of their voices. The doorposts and threshold shook 
and the temple was filled with smoke. Um, and I know if you're not in the Bible, like that all sounds really wacky. Like that is just some craziness. Let me just put it this way is that we are so used to living in this world. It's really hard to imagine, um, the next world. And that's super normal. I, I mean, I think that's a normal reaction. Right. I've even Christians, had conversations. Yeah. When you think about eternity, it's, it's kind of like a mind blowing thing mm-hmm. because we are humans and we're not meant to experience eternity on, on earth. Um, but he says this first worship brings an upward look, a glance of God on his throne and all his glory. It refocuses our view of God. It pulls our affections off our idols and puts them onto God. It causes us to remember how good he is, how big, kind, powerful, and loving he is, and how holy he is. And then secondly, he says, worship brings an inward look. It continues in verse five through seven. He says, woe to me, I cried, I am ruined for I am a a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord almighty. And then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from tongs from the altar. And with it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And he says, when you see God for who he really is, as Isaiah did, you start to see yourself for who you really are. You start seeing things in your heart and in your life that really didn't bother you before. But notice that after Isaiah saw and confessed his sinfulness, he also experienced the mercy, grace, and forgiveness of God. And that's what happens when you really worship. But worship doesn't end there. Notice that Isaiah's inward look is followed by an outward look. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. So he says, genuine worship always leads to an outward look, a personal response or action, a desire to be obedient to whatever God calls you to do. And genuine worship, and I love this because as a worship leader, sometimes I hate that, worship isn't just singing songs and getting a good feeling in your heart. Genuine worship is seeing God for who he really is, his power, his greatness, his holiness, his sovereignty, his love, and his compassion, and then giving him what he's worth, the best of your time, your talents, your thoughts, your works, words, and your deeds. Um, I love every part of that, like every part of that, because there's so many places in that where I think we get hung up. Like sometimes we look forward and it's like, that's just completely, I can't understand any of that. Or even if we get over that and we get to the inward, then we get to like, I'm not worthy or like I try and I keep failing. You're right. There is so much. And I think what kind of strikes me is if you think of just physically coming to church and worshiping, whether that's singing or just taking in the word or whatever that is, even just community with friends and speaking of God. Yeah. Um, you know, how many times do you just get so on fire for that in the moment, like the active actual worship? And then you leave. I mean, you hear it all the time. I do it all the time. Sure. You you get fed and Mm -hmm. then you go out, you know, we're supposed to go out to the world and continue Mm -hmm. that, you know, take that inwardly and then serve others and, Mm -hmm. and be a reflection of that all week long. Right. And so often we get, like you said, we get stuck at one of those points and it takes discipline to work through all of that, like to totally experience what worship as a whole is takes discipline. And I, again, the more you do it, the more it becomes the whole piece. It's true. You know, I was just saying to a girlfriend the other day that I, I mean, I'm always 
into a lot of different things, but there's times where I just am not. And so I think I said in a few episodes ago that I was really struggling through some things with God. And ironically, that brought me to a place where I was just trying to read and be in the word and um, be in prayer probably more often than I had been when things, quite frankly, were going fine. Because when do we turn to God? But when we find that we need something. Um, And I kept thinking like, oh my gosh, this is just so crazy that I just read this and then I read this and that went right along with that. And and I started realizing like I was thinking that they were kind of like these great coincidences or God incidences as Christians like to call them. And it kind of like the other day I was thinking, I don't know that they're all like God incidences. Not that I'm saying they're not of God. Right. But I think the more that you're in the word and the more that you're looking for things, the more you're going to see them. I agree. And I think in that too, you, it sounds like you were pulling away some of the distractions, like in choosing to focus on the word, you were probably had to cut some things out or time away from other things. Which again, just kind of continuing the discussion on distractions too. Yeah. The more you pour yourself and surround yourself with it, the more you'll see him. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know if I mentioned this before. I'm doing that gospel centered parent class. Um, oh yeah. On Wednesday it, nights, by the way, we have something called connect on Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, you know, um, a really delicious dinner made by our amazing Blake Kaiser mm-hmm. and we have classes afterwards. But anyway, I have just been really trying my best. I mean, totally failing, but again, with like with my kids, for example, just the peace that they see, like when I've been praying with them and I don't always probably do that as much as I should, but I was working kind of through something with my oldest daughter. And last night, um, again, normally I would be like, all right, bedtime, get sucked in, do this, do that quick bed, you know, Um, but I took the time to like lay with her, pray with her. And then I went over to my son's room, did the same with him. And again, it brought me peace just speaking out loud to them. And I could see on her face something that she was worried about and that I've been worried about Mm -hmm. that we came together and prayed for it. And Mm -hmm. I was just thinking just those precious moments. It was a few minutes of our day, but to end on that note, and it doesn't have to be the end of the day, but again, I am so task driven. I know I keep saying that, but it's like, check off the list, brush your teeth, get to bed. And yeah. I just want, like I, when I die, like I'm not going to be worried about all of those things. You know, I'm going to be focused on the relationships that I had with people. And I don't know. I just, again, just pouring yourself into it and realizing that those other things will still be there. Mm-hmm. My time with them will not. My time with God alone, right. that's more precious than anything. Yeah. Um, and you touched a little bit too on just I think wrapping our brain around this unconditional love mm. and while we're kind of discuss- discussing worship, for me, I I don't struggle with it as much now, but just comprehending what it means to like not make mistakes and mm. have someone's love lessen a little for me. You know, like I keep messing up, like you're eventually going to be annoyed with me or frustrated mm. with me or something, um, but that God does not have that. Like, it's hard for me to understand that. Right. And I know that it's true. I have faith that it is true, Mm -hmm. but it's so different than what we experience on earth. You know, even in friendships, Mm -hmm. you say the wrong thing. You're like, shoot, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's just that constant question. Like I messed up, but I wonder if we're still good or Mm -hmm. there's just so much work. I feel like to fix the messes when with God, it's you ask for forgiveness and it, that's it. You receive it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wanted to read one thing just kind of along 
that line. Um, it says, God's holiness demands that all sin be punished, but God's love provided a plan of redemption and salvation for sinful men and women. God's love provided the cross of Jesus Christ by which we can have forgiveness and cleansing. Who can describe or measure the love of God? The Bible is a revelation of the fact that God is love. When we preach justice, excuse me, it is justice tempered with love. When we mm-hmm. preach righteousness, it is a righteousness founded on love. Mm-hmm. When we preach atonement, it is atonement planned by love, provided by love, given by love, finished by love, necessitated because of love. When we preach the resurrection of Christ, we are preaching the miracle of love. Mm. When we preach the return of Christ, we are preaching the fulfillment of love. No matter what sin you have committed or how dirty, shameful, or terrible it may be, God loves you. You may be at the very gate of hell itself, but God loves you with eternal love. Mm. Because he is a holy God, our sins have separated us from him. But thanks be to God, because of his love, there is a way of salvation, a way back to him through Jesus Christ, his son. This love of God is immeasurable, unmistakable, and unending. It reaches to wherever wherever a person is, but it can be rejected. God will not force himself upon any person against his or her will. Mm-hmm. And that last sentence, you know, puts it back on us. Like, we choose that. Mm-hmm. It's Again, it's that free will. God has provided all of that to us. But we have to take that step of fully accepting him in order to have that. Yes. So I think... You know, while we can look at creation, he created all of this. He's responsible for all of it. He loves it all. But we do have the responsibility of fooling, fully accepting that to experience it. Right. So I just, again, it was. I remember like being a kid asking God into my heart. And then a week later being like, are you really in there? I just want to make sure I said the right words. I want to make sure you're there. And, you know, throughout your life, I think to kind of, you know, I think once, once he's there, he's there. Right. But to also keep your heart in check. God wants you to love in godly ways. He wants you to love yourself, to love him, to love other people in godly ways. And he has to be in the center of it all. Yeah. And I think that goes back to even what what I said at the beginning, which was that the major benefit of worshiping God is that when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. And if we don't worship on on a regular basis, we won't sense his closeness and we won't know which way to turn when trouble arises. And I think... You know, sometimes that's when we think like maybe I didn't do enough, or mm-hmm. maybe, and that's not where it is. When if you if you have believed in Jesus Christ, then then He is with you, um, and He loves you. But to experience the fullness of His love, you have to worship Him and praise Him right. amidst everything, and I that's think the that's good and the so bad. Important, yeah. You know, I you know you often hear people say you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And while I believe that's true, I think we have to, and it's not necessarily church, but there's so many different ways of being able to fully embrace who God is and to keep ourselves fresh and just in his word and in prayer and Mm -hmm. in worship um, to strengthen that relationship. Like if you want any relationship, like that bond to grow, you have to pour into it. Yeah. You know, like if my husband and I didn't see each other for a year or talk for a year, clearly like we would suffer. Yeah. In the book that I mentioned, The Power of a Praying Life, if you don't care, it's, yeah. it's short. It's a couple of sentences. But as you say, like, um, you know, we're, we're doing this from our church, the Christian Life Center. And we really do feel like that community is part of that. And that's why we want to build community even online with you guys. But um, she says, praising and worshiping God with other believers is one of the most powerful and significant things we can do in our lives. Corporate worship causes bondages to be broken, and it makes the way for wonderful changes in us that might never happen otherwise. A powerful dynamic 
occurs in the spirit realm when we worship God together. That can't happen any other way. Um, and that's not to say that you can't worship like in day to day. She says there's five ways to praise God. And some of them are going to sound really crazy and I get it. But she says one is that God wants us to sing our praises to him. Two, God wants us to lift our hands to him. Three, God wants us to speak our praise to him. Four, God wants us to praise him with dancing and instruments. I know that's not for all of you. I was just going to say dancing on the list. Um, and then five, God wants us to praise him together with other believers. Um, and that comes it. from Hebrews 2.12. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will sing praise to you. I love that. Yeah. I think that's a perfect place to end. Um mm-hmm. I feel like there was good conversation, and if you are a task-oriented person, then we ended on a list of things that you can there you go. end on. <laughs> so today you can dance, you can lift your hands, you can sing. No, but in all seriousness, um, you know, we thank you so much for joining us, and our prayer over you really today do. is that you would just take the measures to just form that relationship with God um, and strengthen it, that you would just be able to experience his unconditional love for you, mm-hmm. um, that we... You know, we don't deserve it, and yet it is there for us if we um, ask him into our lives. Um, so I'm going to read the God's Honest Truth one more time, and that comes from Matthew 22:37. today. Um, it says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So, again, thanks for joining us. Um, we'll be back with Episode 3, um, a part of a four-set series. And today we leave you with Be Strong, Be Brave.